When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Welcome back to another episode of the War Room Podcast. Here's one of your hosts, Big E, the other one, T-Cop. How you doing, T? Big E, what's up, brother? Ain't nothing, man. Just another day. We on site today at the Premier Sports Academy, living life. Biggie, we outside today. We are outside. It's good weather. It's it really is. good weather. So <laughs> we might as well go ahead and jump into it. Our people at Bet Online, head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Again, like we said, we are outside. We're outside. Beautiful day. Uh, the wind isn't too crazy. We got a bunch of kids that'll be popping up. So good people, if you hear some kids in the background, it is what it is. We are out here. We got the after-school program at the academy. So the kids are out to be going to do some playing and running around and having a good time. So it'll be cool to see the young ones get after it. T, what's going on at the academy, brother? Uh, well, we just finished up uh, this weekend. We had 7-on-7 seven seven in Raleigh. Uh, we have four age groups. We got a 9U team. We have a, we have two 15U teams and an 18U team. And when I tell you, I was excited to see the 9U team. This is their first time. See, with the 15U teams and the 18U teams, we can scrimmage each other in right, practice right, so we right. can kind of get a feel for what the game going to be like. But with the 9U team, these kids ain't never played 7-on-7 before. So they had nobody to scrimmage. So their first time <laughs> playing was in the game. But when I tell you, I was so excited. I was kind of worried about them at first. Was a little nervous. I was nervous. The butterflies. But the first game they played, they end up getting beat. But they was winning at the beginning, and then they end up getting beat. And then the second game, it made it even better. The second game, they was losing and came back and won it. Oh. You know, so I was proud of those guys. Proud of the whole entire organization. Everybody did well. So it was an emotional up and down with the nine U. Yeah. How did other teams do? They did good. The fifteen U team that I was coaching, we went one and two, not one and two. We went one and one. Uh, we blew one team out like 60-something to 12. Ooh. And then but then we played an 18-U team. My 15-U team played an 18-U team. And we got beat by, I want to say, 10 points. Well, that's but, way to compete, man. Yeah. That's way to compete for sure. When you got uh, 18-year-olds playing against 15-year-olds, I mean, to only lose by 10, that's major. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. They when I competed. They had one kid, man, that was like 6'9", 350. Playing what? Playing receiver. <laughs> he was really an old lineman, but you could just you couldn't you couldn't get around him. They were just throwing it up you to can't him. Defend nothing. No, they were just throwing it up to him. You don't think that's disrespectful to the game? 
I don't think so. That kid will never play receiver in his life. But you know what? I really enjoyed that team. I, I, I like talking to their coach afterwards. The guys on that team, all of them was like offensive linemen, those type guys. So it was real cool, funny guys. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was a good vibe. Even though we got beat by them, it still was a good vibe. So you got beat by a bunch of big boys. I did. So who's, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. What was that? I don't know that team's name, but I appreciate it, big fellas. They had one guy that was like, he was about 6'3", that could go, though. That was a real receiver, uh-huh. and he put work in, too. That's nice, man. Well, yeah. I mean, so how often do you guys play? So we play – because we play in the Raleigh League, we go to Raleigh and play. Instead of going every weekend, because they play every weekend up there. Mm-hmm. So we come from Greenville, so we go every other weekend and play two games instead of playing one game. Nice. I'm glad yeah. they worked that out for you, man. Yeah. Well, for us, the North Carolina Rebels, we got our first victory of the 2022 season. I think we won 27-6 to six against the defending league champion of the league that we're in. So okay. it was a good win. It seems like we finally got a little bit of those kinks out of the way from those first two losses that we have, which we haven't lost back-to-back games. In, I, don't, I don't know the last time I had a losing record, to be honest, which is actually kind of a little bit disheartening. I really don't like the fact that we have lost, but, you know, they, <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Y'all don't lose up. a lot, though. We Y'all don't lose a lot. Don't so lose a lot. Like, I'm not used to it, but the guys have gotten uh, motivated. We've got rid of some cancers mm-hmm. uh, on the team that were kind of in the way, blocking our progression. So uh, hopefully moving forward, we can string some out. Um, obviously, it was early in the season, so it's not like we're out of playoff contention or anything. Yeah. So, um, Like the Lakers. Like the Lakers. <laughs> we'll jump on that here in a second. But, you know, so we have a team out of Wilmington this weekend, the, the Carolina Bengals. They're a relatively new team. They're sitting at, uh, I believe, 0-2, 0-3. So, uh, it'll be a matchup. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, hopefully we can get our second win and go back to 500 because this losing record thing isn't it for me. Like, it literally, I can't sleep dealing with that mess. Man. I bet you can't, especially when, like I said, as good as y'all have been in the past, mm-hmm. and not saying the past, like the past is way in the past, like just last year. Right. You know, so to come out and, and have two two losses like that early in the season, you know, I, I know that could be frustrating, but yeah. at least it's early in the season. Early in the season. We yeah. get a chance to bounce back, and we, you know, uh, want to send our condolences from the war room to one of our players, is Jacques Austin, his brother had passed recently, so this past Saturday, we were lacking probably one of our more firepower type players because uh, he had to uh, Barry's brother uh, passed away last week, last wow. previous weekend, which is sad news for him and his family. So, yeah. praise to him and his family from the war room. Um, but hey, we'll move forward. Hopefully, we can keep going. But let's jump back on that playoff thing that we were just talking about, <laughs> which the Los Angeles Lakers, who were probably preseason favorite, are the 11th seed right now. And if the season ended right now, we'll be out of playoff contention. If not already completely out of playoff contention, I don't think they won back-to-back games since last year. Are you serious? It's something like that. It's something crazy when they haven't won back-to-back games since 2021 or January or something of that nature. So I think it's time to shut LeBron down. I think you got to get rid of AD. Huh, you want to get rid of him? You got to get rid of him. Stay hurt too much. Yeah, he's what, 28, somewhere around there? He's in his 20s, and he's continuously get hurt. One thing that Bill Parcells used to always tell us when I played for Dallas, you cannot help the club in the tub. It don't matter how good you are. If you're constantly hurt, you're not available. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything with you, regardless of your potential, what you can do. And with AD, it's just going to get worse. So you got to get rid of him now and at least try to get something for him because the older he get, these injuries just going to continue to happen. And you're not going to get anything with him, anything from him. You're going to be stuck with him. You know, and 
to go over to the football world, that's the same thing with Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers. Exactly. I know they're speaking on trying to move him as well because he stays. I mean, he, I mean, he's never on the field. I mean, when he's on the field, he does his job. Yep. Without a doubt. But we called it this past football season. It was just like, look, man, they gave him 20, close to 30 touches this first game he played. And I was like, there's no way he's going to sustain that. And then two, three games in, he was, in the, like say, in the tub. In the tub. You know, getting iced up. Uh, but hopefully, you know, the 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 Lakers can build and learn. I mean, I saw an ad that said a lot of times when they win, they post a lot of pictures of LeBron James. But mm-hmm. when they lose, they post a lot of pictures of Malik Monk. <laughs> How would you feel if you were that guy? Like, come on, man, don't put my picture up when we lose. Uh, you know, I- I probably wouldn't pay it any mind, honestly, because when you playing, you don't really look at social media posts and stuff like. I know I didn't when I played, right? You know, so I really wouldn't care. Uh, I remember when I was playing, I never looked at social. I was never on social media. Put it that way first when I right. when I was playing in the league, but once I got out of the league and I was on social media, then I started googling myself. <laughs> I started googling myself. I started looking at. Uh, like different Saints pages and right, geez. there's a bunch of them. man. Them fans used to give me a fit, Biggie. Yeah, on certain times. Yeah, it happens. Luck- I, luckily, I never read it though. I'm glad you didn't. I mean, there was times where oh I'm legit. God. I defended you one time yeah. on social media years ago. <laughs> you know, years ago. You know, but uh, it's it's the Lakers though. Malik Monk, young, mm-hmm. somewhat a young player, yep. trying to get a name for himself. He has to be looking at that stuff. But he's been hooping. But to me, I feel like Malik Monk has been playing his butt he off. He earned his paycheck. Yeah. He earned his paycheck. Do you keep Russell Westbrook? He's going to pay like $40 million or something like that. I don't know if you keep him. But if I had, if I had to make a choice between him and AD, I'm going to keep him. And the reason why, because he's available. Now, sometimes he's not productive. Sometimes he's shooting bricks, you know, and he's looking bad. <laughs> but he's available, and you know you're going you're gonna to give his all every single time he come out and play. But with AD, shucks, when he coming out to play? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, you know, and when you look at it, I think regular season so far, Russell Westbrook is averaging right under 20 points a game, which isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, I think and he's averaging like close to eight rebounds seven assists. That's not a bad season, not but bad. he's just, we're used to him does triple-double Russell Westbrooks. You know what I mean? Him playing under LeBron James, that spotlight is shined on him a lot more when you're playing on LeBron on LeBron-led team. And the Lakers at that. Yeah, the, the Lakers. I mean, the big media market out there. Yep. I mean, if you go out to the Lakers right outside of, I guess it's not the Staples Center no more, but I don't remember what they changed the name to, but I'm going to say Staples Center. I think it is Staples Center. No, it's changed. Has it changed? I could be wrong, but Regardless, um, they got a whole setup outside of that arena. Like it's, you know what I mean. ESPN yeah. is a rock throwaway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So everything can be uh, publicized and 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 way social media works these days. I mean, he could be using the bathroom and they gonna report it on the yep. news. You That's know what true. I mean. And uh, it's it's bad. I mean, I hope his career isn't done because of all the scrutiny he's gotten since he's been with the Lakers. But you never know. Last last week we talked a little bit about. Uh, uh, mental health a little bit last week. And that's one thing that my concern is for Westbrook. And the reason why I say I'm concerned for Westbrook is because, for one, he's from L.A. Yeah. He's from L.A., and they can't stand him in L.A. 
because of his productivity. Not necessarily his, his productivity, but his lack of productivity. Right. Uh, when it comes to him turning the ball over a lot, the shots he's taking are terrible misses. Mm-hmm. You know, so he he went on record and said he can't he can't allow his foul, his wife and his kids to come to the games. Yeah, they're getting. I think he was getting like death threats and stuff like yeah, that just so, to his play. That's what I'm skeptical about for him anyway when it comes to his his mental health. How is he taking this? Being from L.A., he can't escape it. He's he's from there. You know, uh, you got to play in front of everybody, still with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, that is my – that's my concern for him. I know the Lakers has stated that they were debating on pulling him at the end of games for the last few weeks, worried about damaging his mental health. So at least the Lakers are somewhat being proactive in the idea of trying to protect a player. Yeah. Um, so you don't end up in one of those Ben Simmons situations where mm-hmm. they say mental health and they – check out and don't play. Now, do I think Ben Simmons was all mental health? I don't believe that. I believe he was just knew he was going to get some money and yeah. if I can sit out and still get it, I'm going to do it. And he was being petty towards the team because of his <laughs> lack of production in the playoffs. But, needless to say, they were on him too when he didn't produce. And it might have affected the young fella really bad. So, hopefully uh, Westbrook can bounce back from all of the naysayers and and reproduce the old version of him. You know, I was sitting there watching some highlights uh, on Facebook, just scrolling, you know, that morning scroll that probably everybody does. Um, they were showing the clips of the Oklahoma City Thunder when they had Harden, Westbrook, and Durant. Now, if they would have stayed together, they very easily could have been Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. I don't think so. Why? Because, you, I mean, now, you know, those guys played a few years together and they weren't doing nothing. No, they did pretty good, honestly. They, they were okay, but they, they won't win a championship. No, they win a championship, but they actually did pretty good. I don't think it will work because of where they're at now in their career. And the reason why I say that where they're at now, if you you made a good point, you said the Clay, Draymond, and Curry. Mm-hmm. All those guys know their role. Draymond know he's a utility man. He does what he do. Um, he's the Debo Samuel of the NBA. Exactly. And Klay Thompson, he does what he do. He's just a shooter. But we all know that Stephen Curry is the guy on that team. Right. right. When you got a Harden, when you have a Durant, when you have a Westbrook, who's the guy? Now, when they was younger, well, Harden came saying. off the bench. Well, which what I'm was saying good. is if they would have stayed together mm-hmm. and learned their roles. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Not not bring them back now. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if maybe if they would have stayed together and continued to grow together. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you probably would have ran into an issue if Harden wanted to become a star in Westbrook as well, which is probably yeah. the downfall because mm-hmm. uh, Westbrook definitely has that Kyrie Irving mentality where I want to be the guy. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but it was just interesting to see. It was like, wow, that team was. You know what I mean? Those three guys are legit part of the top ten faces of the NBA, and they were all on the same team under rookie contracts. All Hall of Famers. All Hall of Famers. Yeah, probably. Not not probably. All Hall of of Famers. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Man, you sit there and think about it. Yeah, all of them have the numbers (laughs) for it, you know? All All of of them. them. All of them. And I saw a player from ECU comment on something the other day and said that KD, the only thing he does better than LeBron is shoot. Now, what are your thoughts on that? I rather Man. I would take KD over LeBron. I would. If I had Man. a building team. It's a good argument, though, right? It's a great argument. Right? <laughs> I, mean, I didn't think about it like that. LeBron does everything better than KD. But shoot. Should, but shoot. Yeah. 
I agree with him. And he's a pass-first guy at that. And mm-hmm. he just passed. You know, shout out to LeBron for passing Kareem in those points totals. Uh, now, the, what, the only person left to pass is who? I don't even remember. I don't know. Is it Kareem? Maybe no. Wilt. Whoever it is, he's number two. Uh, does that move him up in the GOAT conversation? He's there. He's there. I mean, regardless, look, I'm a Jordan guy, and we can have this debate with anybody, and we have it all the time. Uh, my cousin, my cousin Mike Brown, he's he's always, when we talk about stuff like this, he's a LeBron guy. Right. And he always come up with stuff talking about, well, Jordan didn't do this, or Jordan this, Jordan that. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Mike. <laughs> but... I got to get respect when it's due. I'm never going to say LeBron James is better than Jordan. I just feel like both of them are the GOAT. Both of them are. If there was only one way to simulate them playing against each other, I would love to see it. And you know the part that sucks is that Kobe isn't brought up enough That's in that crazy, conversation. That's crazy, isn't it? Because Kobe should be right there, right in, there. That, in that same exact conversation. I think the reason why Kobe used to always get snubbed it's because there's so many Jordan fans out here, mm-hmm. and Kobe's game was just like Jordan's game. Yeah, so we, we and you nobody knocked. nobody liked that. Right. But you can't hate on Kobe because at the end of the day, he's Michael Jordan. Who didn't try to mock that game behind Michael Jordan? You're supposed to. Exactly. You're supposed to. You know, so I don't know, but Kobe definitely should be in the mix. Um, I feel like he's definitely top three. Now, when they do that conversation about, you know, old players – the different eras and all of that. I'm I'm a person that will believe in the era of now versus back then because of modern medicine. Okay. Like I feel like you were able you, you're able to recover a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The the medicines and the training tables and all of those things probably weren't put in place the way they are now. Like now, mm-hmm. you can tell about it. When you was in the NFL locker room, there was a kitchen that we had full access to at any day, at any moment to go get a snack. To go get something to drink, water, electrolytes, whatever it was, Gatorades, it was always there. There was unlimited amount you could take with you. I mean, then you have facilities now. A training room is bigger than most people's houses. Yep. You know what I mean? You have the the doctors and all that stuff on staff, which I'm sure they had them back then. But those doctors were teaching the doctors of now their stuff plus all of the new stuff, you know? Yep. and even let's just speak on it. Let's jump into this talk about Athletic Greens real quick. You know, Athletic Greens, reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. Now, speaking of that, they didn't have products like Athletic Greens back in the day. True. You know, so things that you can literally take to make you feel better and make you not get sick, essentially help you keep from being sick and decreasing the amount of time that you are sick and allowing your body to recover from all these workouts. And then training has advanced. I mean, they didn't have Vertimaxes back then. Nope. They have any of that stuff. Imagine Vince Young. I mean, not Vince Young, but Vince Carter had a Vertimax. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Vince Carter is like, he's the best commercial person for Vertimax ever. And look, I talked to guys that some of my coaches when I played in the league, when he when they played, they used to smoke cigarettes at halftime. Right. So there was no t- talking about taking care of your body. It really wasn't, I don't think it was really a big thing back then. There were some other things they did before the games, too. A whole lot of things. You know what I mean? To literally get this site. <laughs> I mean, there's a guy local, uh, I guess I'm going to say a local legend, but Mr. Doug Smith, he was telling me stories about the Houston Oilers days back in the day. Uh-huh. And he was like, Biggie, it was nothing to see a guy 
do some of everything that's illegal before a game, and do nobody said anything about it. Do a line. Yeah, they literally do a line. And yeah. he said they would do line, they'll do a line in a limo on the way to the game. And he was like, it's stuff that he ain't proud of to talk about today. He was like, but it was the thing to it do back then. It is what it was. You know, yeah. uh, their ibuprofen might have been that line. Might have been that line. <laughs> That's for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was giving out quarter zone shots and needles. Like, guys were taking needles to get needles for injuries and didn't even know what they were taking. Wow. I took I took my fair share of needles when mm-hmm. I played Um we took Toradol shots. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. before every game, because that is the only way I played as long as I could, that I played. Right. Because it knocked the edge off. You're never going to be healthy. The only day you're going to be healthy is probably the first day of practice. Mm-hmm. Probably maybe the first couple of days of practice. After that, you're never going to be healthy. You're always going to have some type of uh, pain here or some strain here. Some type of ailment. But when I used to get that Toradol shot, the day, before, the day of the game, mm-hmm. I felt like a whole new man. <laughs> so you had the juice again. What? I had the juice. So your, your main, your biggest injury, what was it? Nerve damage. Okay. I got nerve damage. I still deal with that now. Uh, I got nerve damage when I played for Baltimore. Uh, in my neck, uh, I actually went and hit a guy, and my whole left side went numb, and it was numb for a week. Like, it just felt like dead weight on my arm. So, okay, okay. So, so if, usually if, it's, a, it's a stinger for people that play football, right. but for me, it be, ended up being nerve damage. So what you're saying is if I was to square it with you, I need to attack from that side. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Man, I hope it gets better, man, over time for sure, man. I hope it gets better. Now, we were sent some questions Okay. from uh, one of our, I guess, more consistent listeners. Uh, Mr. RJ. RJ, what's up, man? You know, Mr. RJ wanted to ask us, which obviously this will into it, the Premier Sports Academy questions of the day, mm-hmm. you know, brought to us by Mr. RJ. Okay. <laughs> At what age should kids be allowed to play based on their skills to win versus the rule that everyone on the team gets playing time? So, you want me to answer it first? I'd sure go for it. I don't think it's an age, per se. I think it depends on the competition level. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're playing, read the question again. I want to answer it wrong. At what age should kids be allowed to play based on their skills to win versus the rule that everyone on the team gets playing time? Now, if you're playing like in a rec league game, mm-hmm. you know, everybody paid $50 to play, you know, to pay to sign up. Nobody gets cut, you mm-hmm. know, that type of environment. Then everybody's playing, you know. But now, when you get to middle school, throw that out the window. Now, when you play in school ball, middle school ball, or you start to get into travel ball, mm-hmm. those type of things, that goes out the window. It goes out the window. So I feel like when you're doing rec league stuff, yeah, everybody should play because everybody signed up to play. You know, ain't nobody getting cut. So everybody should play. But once it start getting competitive, like middle school ball, high school ball, mm-hmm. uh, travel ball, those type of things, then that all that playing time stuff out the window. You know, I, I struggle with the age thing as well and the playing, the playing people just because they sign up to pay and are paid to play. I mm-hmm. struggle with that because I coach my son's 46-year-old flag football team. Yeah. And my son works at it. Mm-hmm. And it's not forced by me. Like, he wants to train. He wants to do this. He wants to go and, and, and participate in drills that would make him faster or stronger, whatever the case may be. He wants to do that. Mm-hmm. But 
then you have little Johnny over here saying, or little Johnny's dad essentially saying, can he score a touchdown in the back of your mind? It's like, little Johnny don't know left to right. <laughs> you know, if I say run left, little Johnny gets the ball, freezes up. Yeah. Now we're back, we're losing yards. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, oh. You know, and as a volunteer coach, do you want to volunteer to lose? Nah, I get what you're saying, though. But I just feel like at that point, like if you got a kid that is not saying that you have a kid, but you do have a son that's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. But anybody, if you have a kid out there that is that advanced, mm-hmm. he needs to be playing more competitive sports. Not necessarily rec league stuff. Right. Find something more competitive for him to do that because at the end of the day, you can't help, especially the younger group. Right. That's how they're going to get better through practice and allowing them to get that experience, allowing them to mess up on the field or mm-hmm. mess up on the basketball court. That's how they're going to get that experience at that age. You know, so, but if if you have a son that's more elite at certain things, then they need to play a more competitive uh, league mm-hmm. than just like a rec league. I know, and little Eric would definitely be in the seven on seven thing when he gets of age. I can't wait. It's going to happen. And, and, and XZ I, Mesh, little Eric. <laughs> XZ Mesh. <laughs> I'm giving it to you. They're giving it to him right now. And so the thing is, and the funny thing is, even with him, like he's actually like watching film. Like when I watch film, he watches it with me. He asked the questions. Wow. He wants to know what that is. Well, what does this mean? We had a conversation about interceptions and making the, the understanding that interceptions are made on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yep. and he was like, yeah, because when you're on defense, Dad, that's when you get interceptions, and you can return those for touchdowns. That's what I'm talking about. I was about. like, wait, what? How did you know this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I, I, I want to push it, you know, in the part about the playing time and paying to play and all that where I struggle is. I asked a parent in the middle of the season, I was just like, man, Eric is scoring a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He scored 17 touchdowns. And it was on like fourth and 20-something. He and he was scoring his touchdowns. So it was just like, I asked a question to a parent. I said, do you feel like any kids get the ball more than others? And the mom was like, uh, I feel like Eric gets the ball a lot. <laughs> so I was like, thank you for saying that. I said, does he get the ball a lot or does he score when he get the ball? That's and a good question. And she came back and she was like, you know what? He just scores it when he gets it. So he's not getting it more than everybody right. else. He's just scoring it when he gets it. Yep. So, and I was like, after that, nobody, no parents said anything exactly. else. Exactly. You know, but you're not going to get that many understanding parents. These parents literally be fighting out there over these little kids sometimes. And it's quite <laughs> embarrassing, to be honest with you. All right, second question. What are some personal traits needed to be a good leader in sports on the field? And does being a good leader on the field work hand-in-hand hand with being a good leader off the field? I find some can't be both what's your thoughts good question rj great question rj so he just talked about some stuff that i just presented so i wrote a lot of stuff down i'm always thinking about uh kids in my program and different things like that the kids can can understand what certain things are and so we just had a meeting on this with the kids and i wrote down uh at the top of it what winning team i put team premier right I put organization in real big, bold letters and what the organization, what their job is. Then I went down to the coaches, what the coach's job is. And I said the coaches are supposed to have productive practices, understand player strengths and weaknesses, put players and team in best position to be successful, right? And then I get down to elite players. Start talking about elite players and role players. And elite players has to show up to play consistently. Mm Mm-hmm. They has to have they have to be leaders. They have to show leadership skills, not just verbally, but they have to lead by example. 
They have to be the hardest workers on the team. Mm-hmm. And they have to make their teammates better. You know, so leadership to me is those things. Coming to play, coming to work, whatever it is, consistently. Right. You know, leading by example and or verbally. Uh, and you have to be the hardest worker on the team. And you have to make your teammates better. So I feel like leadership, if you have those qualities, those are qualities of great leadership skills. And usually it translates from the field or the court to life. Right. I've never met, and like I said, I, I don't toot my own horn a lot, but I was team captain two years for Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I can see the direct correlation from me being a captain with the Chiefs to the correlation of me running my own organization, my sport organization, being in place of leadership. Right. You know, so I feel like it does correlate. It goes hand in hand. I feel like it does happen if you're in the leadership position, whether you're on the court or off the or on the football field. And I think it translates off the field as well because you know how to handle players. Mm -hmm. You know how to make people feel good when they're down. You know how to build people up. You know, all these things is part of leadership stuff. You know, not just always dogging on a person. But once you get on them, you got to lift them up, you know. So I think it it goes hand in hand. I think it works. I mean, I'm with you. And, and, and again, it's not a conversation where we're tooting our horns about being leaders because all the time, sometimes you want to cut the leader thing off sometimes. True. Sometimes you don't <laughs> want to have it all the time. Yep. But, like, uh, one of the issues with my North Carolina Rebels was I felt like I was too engulfed in calling plays and allowing stuff to happen on the sideline. Mm-hmm. So this past week, I gave play calling to the assistant OC, so now he's going to take that, and I'm going to manage the entire game. There you go. Where I put myself in here and there and everywhere, and Lamb was having an issue with the player coming off the field. They made a mistake. He pulled them out, and they're mad, obviously, because they're coming out. Mm-hmm. And kid goes straight to someone having a minor temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. But I was there to intercept it, kill it, then Lamb was there to talk to him. Then Lamb came out and said, hey, I appreciate you. You know, speaking to the kid. Yep. And you have to explain that. One thing, like, your coaches have to ultimately do things – you know, I always feel like the coaches are leaders of the team and it starts at the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but coaches have to do it the kind of the way the head coach wants them to do it. Mm-hmm. But you got to know your strength of each one of your coaches so you know which coach to send to this one, send to that one, send to this one. Yep. And all those guys have done great things off the field that are leaders on our team. Like our offensive line has been struggling. Well, I have a player who was an ex-Marine, so he's obviously been in leadership roles. Well, I told him, hey, I need you to step up, man. Mm-hmm. Literally, he took a hold of them, and that whole last week preparing for that game, he was on them every single day. And we played the best offensive line-wise game that I've seen we've played in a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's just like those leaders will definitely make examples. Nobody's going to backtalk him because he's done some things in life. That's right. You know what I mean? He's done some things where he's been placed in a position to essentially protect us mm-hmm. uh, here in the U.S. at some point in time. So they're not going to argue with him. So yeah. leadership definitely uh, – is a thing that you have to have on any team. Mm-hmm. And some of the traits that I believe that you have to have, you've hit them all. Work hard, make a difference, speak up, know when to speak, when not to speak. True. Know when to yell at someone and when not to yell at someone. Yep. Know the difference between who can handle being chewed a new one and who can't. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not about being soft on someone or these, you know, kids these days are different from they're what soft. we're used they to. They say different, they're, they're soft. They are. And, yeah. and, and, and 
you have to approach them a little. You have to caress them. Mm-hmm. And then once you caress them enough to where they believe in what you're saying all the time, then you can start fussing at them. Mm-hmm. Because now you've created a standard. You literally could tell them, hey, when you don't want me to have a standard of you and your my expectations of you, leave my team. Yep. I, I don't Because right now, at the moment that I stop coaching, with Coach Shankwilder, ECU used to say to all of me, the moment I stop coaching you is the moment I don't got nothing else to do with you. I don't, I, there's no use of you anymore. Exactly. And... Man, I mean, you don't really think about what he was saying. I didn't think about it back then, but then I understand it. Like, mm-hmm. there's some people that I'm just like, I, I have no more energy. You want to waste some more time with it. I have no more energy for that person. And there's some people that, for me personally on my team, that I just, I threaten with the idea every day is like, I need to cut this guy. <laughs> but I still have some energy yeah. in me that I need to help this guy on and off the field. Yep. So I can't get away from him. And it's like some of the players are like, man, why he's still here? You know yeah. what I mean? It's just I can't let him go because I can see things going south for him. Mm-hmm. And knowing I had a chance to reroute it yeah. and I gave up, yep. it's going to eat at me. And I can't do it. So I, it, that's what it goes back to the thing with sometimes being a leader mm-hmm. sucks. Yep. <laughs> because yep. you can't let it go. It ain't for everybody. It ain't for everybody. It's not, it's, for, everybody. It's not for everybody. And there's some people that literally struggle with it every day. And there's some people that have recently, for me, dealing with my team, have learned that these guys respect me more than I thought. Mm-hmm. And I have to up my ability as a leader. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, And, and that's Derwin Lamb. I'm, I'm calling you out, Derwin Lamb. He is a leader. <laughs> But he has to learn how to talk to people. I yeah. mean, he's learning how to do it one day at a time, and he's doing a phenomenal job, so I appreciate everything he's doing. I have hard-nosed coaches that are old-school way. Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't want to do it that way? Then just get rid of their butt. Yeah. Coach, we can't do that because we get rid of everybody at some point in time. We ain't going to have no team no more. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to finesse I, some I, things. I think coaches got to change with the times as well. Stay, same, keep your same principles, you know, but you still have to – change with the times because the, the kids are different. Mm-hmm. They're not the same kids. Uh, they don't come up the same way the way we came up. Yeah, mamas and daddies are a little bit more active than what ours were back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. like they see everything. You got parents that are coming to every single practice and sitting there mm-hmm. the entire time, the entire season. You might as well give them a hat and a t-shirt and a whistle. Yep. You know, so now everything that you do you got to worry about having, like I would struggle coaching high school right now because the way I talk. I wouldn't. I would because I feel like I'm going to get called to the principal's office like I was a student and get chastised about how I'm coaching these kids. And, and that's one thing when it comes to coaching and, and anybody that, that's been coached under me, the parents know, like I respect all my parents, I love all the parents, but they know I ain't for a bunch of nonsense. You know, if they, they know how I love their kids, uh, they know how I do anything for them. And if I'm talking to them a certain type of way and you don't mm-hmm. like how I'm talking to them, then they might just need to go ahead. You know? <laughs> now, I don't curse any kids at all, but I'm an aggressive coach. Yeah. The way I talk, I praise kids the same way that I t- get on them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It's, it's the same tone. You know, know? It's, it's the same way you said it. I had a coach where he would get on the players all the time. Mm-hmm. And then he'd do something right. I said, Coach, go praise him. Exactly. You need to go praise him the same way you was telling him how he wasn't in right. his drop. You need to tell him how he made that tackle in the backfield. Mm-hmm. You need to be his biggest fan right now. So that when exactly. you are getting on him, he can bounce back from it because he knows that you just have an expectation mm-hmm. of what his ability is. And, and it's, it's amazing how if you lose a little bit of self, 
how much better you can be as a coach and as a leader because you're going to have to lose a little bit of stuff. A lot of us want to be, I'm worried about my numbers sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and it happens. You're supposed to. Yeah. You know, you're playing in the league. You're trying to get a contract. Mm-hmm. You can lead all these guys, but guess what? You still also ain't trying to mess up your livelihood. True. You know, so it's like, man, I got to make sure I do this and I do this and I do this. Like you told me last week about when I asked a question off air about sitting out and still getting paid, you were like, nah, it ain't like that, Big E. You want to play because if you're not on the field, you can't show why you should get another contract. Exactly. You know, yeah. and so you have to think sometimes self-wise, but as a leader, you have to lose some self. And that's like one thing you have to be willing to adapt. You have to be willing to lose some self. You have to be willing to take some heat when it won't your fault. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to give praise when you really don't have the energy no more. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to put a smile on your face when you don't want to. Yep. You know, even goes like, like I know this is completely off subject, but it's like <laughs> cheerleaders. Uh-huh. They literally have to fake a smile the entire time. The entire time. They're I never thought about that. Yeah, the entire time. It's like that takes skill. It does. I like even for me now. If I was to take a picture, someone say, "Hey, let's take a picture." I need someone to say something funny mm-hmm. to produce that smile. Sometimes, yeah. Cheerleaders literally hold themselves there, smiling and cheering, and team losing by sixty, and they're still doing it. Still doing it, smiling. And just imagine, take it a little deeper. Just imagine that all these cheerleaders, they go through stuff in life as well. Yes. And they got to show up to work every day, smiling, smiling. Like it was a good day. <laughs> like it was a good day. Boyfriend like could broke day. up yep. with him. Baby might be sick. Yep. Car broke down on the way. Uh, they don't get paid nowhere near enough money, especially the professional children. They don't get paid enough money to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're always in the limelight, and they are smiling the entire time. True. It is a fantastic trait, <laughs> and I don't know how they do it. Much respect. They probably have some of the strongest cheeks in the world. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. you know, but. <laughs> you didn't think it was going to go to cheerleaders, did you? You know? <laughs> you never thought about it, hey, you? Like, That's for true. real. Like, That's literally, true. You, know, I'm a, you know, I clap for cheerleaders after they do their thing now because literally, yeah. that's, a, that's a talent yeah. to be able to do that. That's you the know? truth. Because the thing about it, you can still cheer a mean mug, but it ain't going to come off the sun. That's the truth. You know, so. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's about all I got. Back to the people that believe and, and, and bet online. You know, bet online, the best place to go make you some some money. Go do some betting. T-Cop, you got anything before we wrap up the show, brother? Uh, before we wrap up the show, man, just want to give a shout-out to all the guys that's doing their pro days right now. Uh, I know East Carolina had theirs, I want to say, today or yesterday. Uh, so shout-out to all the seniors that's in pro day right now. Now and all around the country because it is definitely a stressful but a appreciative and a great opportunity for all the kids. Life could be life changing. That's right. Now, so many people want to play sports, go D1 and go, you know, to college and play ball and whatever it is, but that's a major interview. Yeah. That's a major interview. Some people, this is all they know is sports, and this is their last interview to be able to continue playing their mm-hmm. sport. You know, so it's, it's, such a major day. I mean, you got any stories from when you when you went through your pro day? Man, not really. Like it's just a lot of a lot of stress and wanting to do well. Uh, just the nerves. Like I, said, I think I said on another episode, I went to the to the NFL Combine. Just understanding that you belong there. You know, because mm-hmm. once you get there, you're gonna see a lot of guys that are that come from Ohio State, Alabama. USC, you gonna see all these guys there, and you come from maybe from a smaller school, but you gotta feel like you still belong there. You know, and you know? the crazy thing is like you're looking at these guys, 
to see if they pass your eye test. Well, guess what? They're looking at you to mm-hmm. see if you pass their eye test. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just all the, once you get to that level, everybody's elite. Yep. Everybody's elite. Obviously, it'll translate a little different later on, but everybody's really good. So you got to do your best. I mean, good luck to all those guys, like T said. Hopefully, everybody gets their satisfaction, their fulfillment, because mm-hmm. everybody's not going to make it to the league. No. Hopefully, everybody has it and, and has that moment where it's like, I am here. I am doing a freaking pro day. Mm-hmm. Like, I was good enough to at least line up and do pro day. Yep. I was able to make it to the end of a college career for a pro day. Yep. That's a major achievement in itself. That is. And guys need to hold their heads high if it works out for them, if it doesn't. So, with that being said, that's the, the end of the show. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Should we going back visual next week or so? We're trying to make the visual thing a little bit better than what we've had in the past to make it look a lot better, make it more interactive, and probably have a guest on next week more than likely. So, my good people, continue to listen, like, share, do all of those good things. Add some people to our listeners group for us, please. Uh, Ask questions, send them to our inbox. Go to our Facebook page. Be interactive on the Facebook page. That's the War Room Podcast and ECU Podcast. So whenever you get a chance, do that for us, and we appreciate you like always. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.